Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts and give us that five-star rating. Maybe even leave a review to let others know what you think of the show. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about Raised on the Radio. Raised on the Radio has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. Whether you're looking for a custom oatmeal, a multivitamin, a great tasting protein that you can order by the pound, or simply looking for a company you know you can trust to send you the best quality products available, True Nutrition has you covered. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all of the great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in C-E-P-N in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. It is that easy. Raised on the Radio's listenership continues to grow with every episode. We are always looking for great sponsorship and collaboration opportunities. If you or anyone you know has a business they are trying to grow and want to jump on board with us, email us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com. We would love to connect with you. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out through email or on the social medias. You can reach us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com or on the Raised on the Radio's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. We also have a new website where you can find all of our content. Head on over to RaisedOnTheRadioSTL.com. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, do not hesitate to reach out. And now, let's get into this episode. Hey everybody, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of the show. I am Colt Brocato, my good friend Patrick Blair in Zoomland, as usual, fired up and ready to go on a Thursday evening. Friday. Friday? What? Feels like Friday. Oh, yeah, it kind of does. I've got a I've got a whiskey sitting here in front of me. You got a PBR in front of you. Yep. So I have, I have, a, I have, a, I have a story. <clears throat> I'm ready. So I don't know if you remember, you know, but my, my son, he had his first real accident. Like, you know, hurt himself badly. Like, whoa. He was here alone with me and he was running. It was right after he ate his breakfast. He was all excited. He was all energized because I gave him fucking waffles with sugar-free syrup (laughs) and fucking turkey sausage. And this kid's just fucking hyped. And he's just doing laps, right? And he tripped face first into the coffee table, busted his lip. I mean, dude, when he... I was in the other room. I was doing dishes because usually like in the morning, I can just let him do his thing. uh, Doing dishes and I just hear do 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 poof scream and I'm like fuck. I run in there and he turns around and looks at me, dude. He looked like Michael Chandler after he fought Gaethje, <laughs> like just mouth open, blood everywhere. I'm like, oh no. And so like I'm like I pick him up and you know of course he's just screaming and crying. So I pick him up and trying to calm him down. I get a wet rag, like a cold wet rag, and I'm like, clearly it's like here, but then I flip his lip over. And the inside is just destroyed. It looks like somebody fucking put a fucking M80 in his fucking lip and just said, see ya. So like, I'm like, fuck, am I going to have to take him to the fucking emergency room to get stitches? And like, I'm just waiting to see how it looks after all the bleeding stops. And of course he doesn't stop crying. Cause it's who, I mean, come on. He's not even two yet. You know, looks like Michael Chandler. So like <laughs> I finally get him calmed down. 
I'm cleaning off all the blood and it finally like stops bleeding a little bit. And I look at it and I'm like, eh, I don't know. I think it's okay. And send a picture to my wife who's working, of course. And uh, she calls me. She's like, oh my God, that doesn't look good. And I'm like, well, I, I don't know. I think like now it looks a little bit better. And she's like, let me ask another nurse here who has five kids and has dealt with this five times, essentially. <laughs> And the dude was like, eh, they're not going to stitch it up unless it's at least a half inch deep. And he's like, that doesn't look like it's a half inch deep. And I'm like, yeah, it's definitely not. He's like, you're just going to have to suck it up. And I'm like, all right, fine. So he calms down. You know, we put on Toy Story. He has a bottle, he's drinking some milk and he chills out. So I'm like, you know what? As a reward before his nap, just to get his mind off of the fact that, you know, he's playing with it with his tongue and, you know, he's a kid. He doesn't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know not to do that. It's a new thing in his mouth. He's like, oh, this is pretty cool. And oh, fuck, it hurts. So now I'm going to cry <laughs> every two minutes, every two minutes. So like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take you to the park. I'm going to take you to the park. We're going to walk. It's like a good mile and a half walk. I'll get some exercise. You'll go to the park. You'll go to the playground. You'll, you'll have fun. You'll get your mind off this thing. So <laughs> I take him to the park and it's fuck. It's a Saturday. Keep in mind. And it's nine, eight 30 ish, 9. AM packed. And this park has multiple baseball fields. So it's all the kids who play baseball. They just got done playing baseball. Some arrived to play baseball, but before we're going to go to the playground, it's packed. It's like, well, this is good because typically before when we take him to the playground, he wants no part of the playground. He wants no part of the little, little fucking kids. He just makes a beeline for the road. Of course we got to, Hey man, Hey man, see all those cars. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. <laughs> I'm like, don't run that way. Yeah. But we get there. He gets out he runs straight for the playground. He's, he's having a good time. He's uh, not being shy with the other kids. He's not playing with them, but he's not intimidated by them. He, he eventually climbs up this little thing and he just sits down and he just starts playing with rocks. I'm like, eh, my dumb kid, but that's fine. <laughs> so this kid comes up. The whole point of this story is I had a moment that that first time parent moment, which is not good, but also it is. So here's what I mean by this. So there's this kid who's swinging on this like ladder thing right above my kid's head. His feet are like six inches away from hitting his head. Oh, by the way, he's a baseball player, has cleats on. Oh, nice. So his cleats are dangling above my kid's head. And he goes, Banzai. That's what he says. And he jumps off this thing, barely misses my son's head. Right? So I'm going to pause there. You have a video. Okay. <laughs> I want you to play the video. Okay. And then I'll come back to my story. All right. Some of the things I've done, all right? <laughs> Last year, this is the first time I ever had somebody bully one of my kids. I didn't respond well. This is what I took my older son to a park. He was two and a half. That cutest little fucking kid. And he walks into the park and we, he walks up to a playground set. And as he walks up to it, he steps on it. And an older kid, meaning four, <laughs> he goes, you can't play with that. That's mine. And I go, I'll kick your chest through your back. <laughs> <laughs> and 
yeah. Okay. So I don't know if we need to play any more of that. We get the point of that, right? Yeah. That's the great Tom Segura. Yeah. So this kid drops down, nearly kicks my son's head off. And then he looks at him and he goes, oh, he's got a boo-boo. And I go, this kid can't be more than four, maybe five. And I go, yeah, you know, he tripped and fell. And he goes, he's like in my kid's face. And he's like, how did he do that? And I'm like, he tripped and fell. And he goes, what did he trip over? And I go, might have been his own feet. And then the kid starts laughing. He goes, ha, 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 I've never done that. Now, that, what you just heard there, it took over my soul. And I just got a <laughs> serious face. And I go, there's a first time for everything, kid. And then I grabbed my son. I looked around. I was like, all right, no adult was paying attention. And I grabbed my son and I walked away. And that kid was just looking at me like, what did he just say to me? Little fucker, don't fucking laugh at my kid. I'll kill you. I'll kick your chest through your back. <laughs> So I had, I had that moment. That was the first time I've had that moment, but also he's never interacted with other kids ever. So I was like, not even like, not even like family. You don't even have little kids in the family or anything. He's been around. Nope. Not really, man. Not really. And we've, uh, we've, uh, we've had friends, uh, friend, you know, friends of ours. They have a son who's six, two weeks older than ours. Something like that. He comes over and our son just wants nothing to do with him. Really? We watch him. I'd like leave him. Yeah. We babysit. And uh, yeah, he's getting better though. But yeah, I was just like, there's a first time for everything. Little what, fucker. what about, so before, well, I guess even now maybe, but before you had a kid, how did you react? Like, were you always like standoffish with other people's kids? Like even Always. if it's like I even, still I still am even if I don't, I don't want any part of your kid. <laughs> even if it's fuck. like your best friend in the world, their kid, you're just like, no. I, I don't know. Like I've got really really good friends that they've got kids, and if their kids act up in front of me, they're you know my friends are like, I, you know do whatever you got to do, you know make them make them straighten up or whatever. I was like, listen, this is your kid. I ain't doing. I'm what? not. I ain't. I'm not yelling at him. I'm not doing. Oh you know this, God. that, and the other. I'm just this. I, I. It just makes me feel weird. Like I feel so. I've un- never yelled at my nieces and nephews. Yeah, I feel so uncomfortable. And to their credit, they're pretty good kids. They're yeah. more snooty than like misbehaved. <laughs> but no, God, no. I mean, I'm excited to meet your kid. I still haven't met. That's your true. Son. You haven't. But I'm not going to be like, oh, let me hold him and take him away from you, and you're never going to see him. <laughs> like. Definitely not that. I don't know. Your wife might do that, actually. <laughs> she probably will. That's, but that, that's... Oh, yeah, I, I get know it. this is sexist. It's a, it's, a, it's a female thing. It is. It is. It's a female thing. I don't know another man who's like, ooh, babies. Let me... Uh, if I did, I'd be like, hey, bro, you all right? Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. Like, I have friends that get excited to see my son. They'll pick him up, throw him in the air once. I'm like, all right, go away. But like, <laughs> oh, not fucking... Let me hug on you and just like, yeah, ugh. but uh, I got another thing and this kind of has to do with kids, but I don't know why I have a, It's an important question. I want you to answer it honestly. Okay. Why are farts so funny? Can you break that down a little bit for me? Like, are you, are you being, okay. are you, are you asking me why is, why are farts oh, funny? To other, why are farts funny to other people? Or are you saying to like me. in general, farts are funny. General, why are they me. funny? No, in general, intimate. So 
I'm in Target with my son last weekend. Uh-huh. And he's in the car. You know, you put their little legs through, and there's just there's nothing but just fart. Like it's like a fart microphone, those carts, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. and he is just in target, just fucking <laughs> just fucking <laughs> farting out. And it's loud, dude. It's loud. And like, luckily, the first three times I'm laughing, I'm like, nobody heard that. <laughs> and then the fourth time, this lady was like within earshot and he did it. And I start laughing at him. I'm like, dude. And she looks at me like, Ugh. I'm like, listen, you funky bitch. <laughs> He's not even two. What do you want him to do? Hold it in? What do you want him to do? You want him to die? He's got to let that out. He's got to let it out. So here's the question. How was your son reacting to doing that? Was he like just... just has no just, idea. Just, just playing with a toy and it's just air coming out like it doesn't even he matter? He has no idea it's happening. Just burnt, burnt. Just fucking... But it made me think about how funny farts still are to me. But when I was a kid... Dude, if there was a, <laughs> I just remember, cause you know, I had, I went, I went to Catholic school, so I had to go to church pretty much every day, mm-hmm. dude, there would always be every time we're at church, there would always be one fart, <laughs> dude, I would have to be like, I got to dismiss myself because <laughs> I'm in church. I'm in the presence of the Lord and I'm never going to stop laughing about that <laughs> fart. There's just always just that, it, 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 you know, you're on wood and it just fucking echoes throughout <laughs> the acoustics of the church but there was this one time that this kid fell asleep i was in the fourth grade i'll never forget it because i remember the teacher but this kid fell asleep during mass and farted in his sleep but it wasn't just like it was just like like that you know and dude i I was having a panic attack. I was going to throw up. It was so funny. And I remember as soon as it happens, I immediately like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And my my teacher in the fourth grade was a nun. And she was batshit out of her mind, insane. And she locked eyes with me as soon as it started happening, like midway through the fart. And I'm like, oh, God. And she like looks at me and she's like, you better not fucking laugh. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I had to sit there with my hand over my face and just lock. Like, I'm locked eyes with a crazy nun who will send me to hell if I laugh at this hysterical fart that happened in church. So anyway, I lock eyes with this nun. She eventually looks away from me and I I nearly pass out from holding my holding my face and trying to hold my breath, hold the laugh back and, and from the laughter nearly fall over in church. Fourth grade, just like that, dude, hysterical. When she, when she locked eyes with you, was that just because she heard you laughing or because you were that kid that she's like, as soon as the noise happened, she's like, Patrick's. I was just close. I was in eye shot and and, and it (laughs) wasn't even like I started laughing yet. I heard it and I knew what was happening (laughs) and I was going to laugh. And then I look and I'm like, Oh no. But here's the thing. I would laugh today at that. (laughs) I would have to leave. I would have to leave. I would have to go outside because I'm never going to stop laughing at that. That's hilarious. Mm -hmm. But the reason that I thought about this, it was after that, the very same day that my son farts in target like 16 times. Have you watched the new Ricky Gervais special on Netflix? I haven't. So, he was talking about how he gets negative comments all the time. And I guess somebody's comment to him was he's like, you're about as funny as a fart 
at a child's funeral, something like that. And Ricky Gervais was like, how can I be upset about that? Cause that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Not only is it a fart in church, but at a kid's funeral, that whole thing. I don't want to butcher his joke, but go watch it. It's, it's actually really good. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying actually he's funny, but, um, then it got me thinking about that time in church, dude. I, every every time we'd be there, there would just be a it's just like someone. Uh, church. Let me. <laughs> you got me thinking about this. Um, is there an age like that you've noticed, whether it be you're like a grandparent or even a parent or something like that? Like, is there an age where like it doesn't matter, male or female, a fart is just going to happen? Like you can be in public with a grandparent or with a parent or something, but like there's an age where it's just like you just be walking down Wal- the aisle in Walmart and that person's just gonna let one rip, just and just keep on going like it didn't even happen. I've been doing that since I was thirteen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you want me to do? I say it to my wife every time. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do about it? I could hold it in. And I might get sick. So we're just going to let it fly. That seems like your excuse. Is that, I mean, do you really think that there's something there? There's got to be a science behind it. I haven't verified it. <laughs> I haven't talked to a doctor about it, but it has to be real, right? Sure. I mean, um, if, if you don't let it out, it's got to go somewhere. It's kind of, I mean, I can't wait to be old and just fucking shit my pants in front of people and just, you know, ah, well, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. You know, what's, no. you know what's bad, though, is that with your son doing it and you laughing and you can't stop laughing, it's you, hilarious. you do realize that it's not going to be too much longer before he's doing it on purpose because he knows he it's funny. I can't wait. He's going to be the funniest kid in the world. <laughs> and in our house, it's inevitable. It, it's kind of funny because, like, my son hasn't started talking yet. We're not concerned, but we're going to go to a, uh, like a speech therapist or specialist or whatever it's called just to, just to see what they say. You know, he tries to, and he like talks, but there's, it's not coherent, you know, anything, but somebody, somebody joked with me the other day. Cause I was having this exact conversation. Like, you know, my son doesn't talk yet. And, oh, well, my kid didn't talk until like, you know, a couple months after they turned two and don't worry about it. And they were like, does he say words? Like, does he say mama and dada? And I'm like, yeah, sometimes. He really did when he was younger. And now it's just a lot of, you know, I think he's trying to emote, but he doesn't know how. And But I was like, he's on the fast track to his first word being fuck or the C word. That's for <laughs> sure. So we'll, we'll, we'll go to the speech therapist and then see what happens, you know? <laughs> you know, that's interesting that you say that because, so my son just turned 10 months old. And, uh, you know, he's... Like, he'll do a lot of yelling, like screaming. Like, if me yeah. and my wife are having a conversation, he will, like, be in his walker in the living room, just start, like, sc- just, like, yelling. But he's not really doing a whole lot of, like, acting like he wants to talk. Um, he, He's got... My bi- son's the same way. He's got bye-bye. He'll say that. He'll kind of say that every once in a while. That's good. But that's about all that we've gotten out of him. Um, so we talked to our pediatrician about it, and she's like, you know, I'm not that worried about it and she's like you know the there there is the option of like speech therapy down the road if you wanted she said but it's almost impossible to get into a speech therapist because 
Um, she she said like a kid has to be pretty much completely nonverbal to get into a speech therapist. Now I don't know if that's just in our area or if that's in general. Um, I mean I don't think that's anything we have to worry about at this moment. But yeah, so we got for a while there. We got a little bit worried that he couldn't hear well, um, and which it was actually like when he was born. That was like immediately I was like well, I want to do a hearing test because I was born with hearing problems and. Uh, you know, I'm going to be, my hearing's going to be shot soon. Like <laughs> if I had to like soon, soon, but I was born with bad hearing mm-hmm. and, that, and it's kind of runs in my family a little bit, actually not a little bit, a lot of it. So like I was, that was like my biggest concern and his hearing checked out fine when he was born. But then like, you know, recently we're like, maybe he can't hear, he can hear, but maybe he can't hear as well as he should. But we'll find out, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. It's like, you just got to wait. You got to wait it out. Well, I, we're, we're kind of funny we're, um, as we're talking about farting and shit. My wife, uh, your kid shit again. It made loud noises when it came out. Thanks for letting me know. Appreciate that's neat. <laughs> yeah. No, I, but we're, we're, we're coming across like, I'm sure you did, you know, they're like going to the pediatrician and stuff. There's like a, a window, I guess, from like when they're born to maybe like eight months ish, where the pediatrician can be like, "This is what they should be doing now. This is what they should be doing now. This is what they should be doing now." Sure, and as long sure. as they're doing that, you're you know you're pretty much good to go. But then after a certain point, which I think is about right now where my son's at, where it's like, uh, he he's yeah. gonna do things on his own now. Like you yeah, know, it's it's yeah. Well, that's essentially since since our son turned one that's what we've been dealing with yeah you know um i don't know it's which, a waiting which, game, which I, I mean it's nerve-wracking because especially when it comes to you know foods and things like that where you kind of got to like slow play the slow game with kids and make sure they're not allergic to anything and all that kind of stuff and yeah. any, anything can happen at any time and it's yeah it's kind of nerve-wracking yeah yeah i mean it did look how did we make it here? True. Without air conditioning and with peanut butter. And Dude. With you know, all Dude. this shit. Dude. I, it's funny that you say that. We were at, uh, last weekend, we went to Buffalo Wild Wings for lunch with my nephew and his wife. Okay. Okay. We're sitting outside and we've got my son. He's in a little high chair or whatever. Well, while we're there, this couple comes up and sits in the table right across from us. This couple's probably in their early thirties ish, I would say. This and woman. Now you're in your area. Well, we're outside on the patio. No, I'm saying you're in your neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah, we're we're by oh, our house. Yep. There's so, a Buffalo Wild Wings by you. There is. I know it's crazy, right? You didn't think oh, they'd put God. one in the woods. And there's not a you? Wendy's. There's a Buffalo there's Wild Wings. In the-, the fact that you Continue. remember that I, we don't have a Wendy's is weird. <laughs> I love Wendy's. I do too. Go ahead. Actually. So, anyways. This couple comes in and they sit down at this table right across from us in their thirties ish. This woman, this girl is wearing like, she's got like half her hair is blue. She's wearing a bra with a cut off shirt. Really short. Uh huh. Don't you mean a cut off shirt with a bra? Uh, so you can see more of the bra than the cut off shirt. Kind, well, yeah, for the most part. Cause it's not like, okay. I, mean, I mean, it's like cut off. Like bigger than me and you would ever cut off a shirt, uh, and 
very short shorts and flip flops. Okay. And I'm okay. not judging your whatever. If that's what you want to wear, it's 100 degrees outside. I, get I already it, right? know who this person is, but go I on. I get it. Okay. Yep. Well, on top of that, they have three kids, two which are probably in the, or I don't know, maybe five, six ish. Six -ish. And their okay. third one is a newborn. And I'm talking baby, baby. Like, sure. prob like they probably left the hospital and went to Buffalo Wild Wings with this baby. And I'm <laughs> at one point, I watch her get up with the baby in her arm. And I mean, she's like, you could tell it was the third kid. Like, it's, there's just a newborn that's just like hanging off of her arm as she's walking around and stuff, just bouncing around. And this baby doo-dooed all the way up its back. Like, you could see it in the back of the, like, in the back of his shirt when she was carrying him in to change his diaper and stuff. And I was just thinking, man. They carried him in like that? Well, yeah, I guess they had to take him to the bathroom to, I mean, what else would you do? Just take it to your car? Yeah, change the fucker before you walk in a restaurant where people are eating food. But go on, hmm. let's go. I guess I, I guess I hadn't thought of that. Well, that that's just my main thing. It's like, it, it's inter it's interesting that too is like the the whole okay this is the third the second or third kid like we are we already know what we're doing you know it doesn't really matter right. on this on this one where you know it'll be fine that's just right. what that's kind of how i i thought about it on top of the fact that they were very uh hoosier ish <laughs> i know you can't believe that at a buffalo wild wings in my neck no, of the woods. <laughs> at a buffalo wild wings where you live no way i was expecting uh well yeah i mean dude Three kids, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Yeah. It's a, you're you're an autopilot at that point, aren't you? You know, I guess you have to be. So, let's move away from kids because I feel like we bore people with this shit that don't have kids. They're like, dude, your kid shits. Get over it. You said you had something that you needed to show me or talk about. Yes, I did. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm gonna share another video here for that. Have you heard about if this yet? About uh, Keystone Light and Coors having to pull, pull a bunch of their beer off the shelf? No. You haven't seen this yet? No. Oh, man. All right. Hang on. Here we go. I swear I have not. All right. Here we go. Ready? But also, I would never drink. Watch this. Either of those beers. No, Either actually. of those. Where are we at here? What is this? Oh, my God. My, it, look. Oh, gross. It doesn't That's move like my... rubber. Oh. No way. That's right out of a can. That's legit. That's fake. No, it's not. That's fake. That's legit. No. It is. They no. they they had course had to make a statement about it. About them pulling Show me the statement. I've got it. Hang on. Here we go. This is off of yahoo.com. Yeah. Kind of trustworthy. Let's see. In recent weeks, food and beverages recalls have affected dozens of products in the US. Let's see. Uh, Molson Coors recently became aware of a quality issue on certain 12-ounce can packages of Coors Light and Keystone Light produced solely at the Trenton Brewery. The store wrote in the announcement, while there are no food safety risks associated with the product, they are choosing to withdraw it from the market as to not disappoint consumers. Could you imagine if you drank that? That was so viscous. Why was the beer like... But how does beer even get that way? I don't know. They're not even... From what I've researched, they're not even saying what is causing it. It's just they're just saying that it's not a hazard to anybody, but they are pulling it off the shelves. It's not a hazard to drink motor oil. That that's terrible. Yeah, I know. It's weird, right? Well, I don't drink. I don't either. Who drinks? Who drinks? Cor who? 
No, the Keystone? bigger question, yeah, is Keystone. Who drinks Keystone Light? Who the fuck drinks that? I don't, I, I don't know that I've ever had that. I don't think I have, actually. I mean, I've definitely had Coors, but I don't think I've... I don't Isn't think I've, Keystone the one that had the bitter beer face commercials? Yes, dude. That's hilarious that you said that because I was trying to find this YouTube video that I just showed you, and it was yeah. bringing up the Keystone, and I was like, I completely forgot about the beer, bitter beer face commercials. And then I asked my wife, well, that and was she's like, like a I don't marketing scene where like we want to get people to drink our beer because the other beer sucks, but it made me want to drink their beer less. And also, how did, it, how did you, it do that? And also, have you ever had a beer that wasn't like an IPA or a craft beer that you would say is bitter? Uh, I don't know if there's any regular beer out there that I would say, oh, that's bitter. Bitter is not the right word. Shitty, <laughs> yes. Bud Light sucks. Bud Light I is do, my least favorite. I hate Bud Light. I, I'll never drink it. Bud Light. It sucks. It's the worst. Bud Light and um, Michelob Ultra are two of my least favorite. I would, every single time, no matter the occasion, drink Michelob Ultra over Bud Light. I If I had to make the choice, I, that's what I would do too, but I, I can't stand either one of them. Bud Light's terrible. It's like sweet, and it's like, I don't know, there's something about it. It's just gross. I hate it. I think what we need to do right now is pause from all the bullshit we're talking about, and we need to show some respect and say happy birthday to Tupac Shakur. There you who go. would have been yep. 51 today, which is insane. Fucking insane. Yeah. Insane. But while I'm on the subject of Tupac, who, by the way, is my favorite rapper of all time, and I will not take arguments on this. I don't care who you think is. He's mine. You're not going to convince <laughs> me otherwise. I don't care what stats you have. I don't care what fucking bars you have, what lyrics you have. Tupac's my favorite. He's the best to me. There will never be another person who's better than him. Don't argue with me about it. And many people have tried. I'm like, you're never going to change my mind. People have argued Eminem. They've argued Jay-Z. They've argued Nas, which is a valid argument. Um, so when you when Biggie, you when course, you when you have the argument, are you actually giving reasons why he's or like why he's yes. a bet why he's a better artist than any of those other ones that they're naming? Or I'm are so you glad just, you ask. Yes. Or are you just saying you just yes. saying you're not going to change my mind? He's my favorite. No, no. I well, I mean, I have in my opinion what I believe to be the reasons that he is the best. Yes. First of all, his voice. Second of all, his lyrics. Third of all, his impact in such a short amount of time. Fourth of all, he was in the time, in the time that he came out before and forget about gangsta thug life, Tupac. We're talking about early era Tupac. He was really the first mainstream rapper of his kind to really talk about societal and like societal issues and, and things that a lot of people didn't talk about. Like he was sort of like a patriot for the underclass. And now eventually he got away from that because he went to jail and he got out of jail and he signed to a fucking gangster rap label and the rest is history. But before that, I'm talking Brenda's got a baby Tupac, like deep fucking thinker Tupac, the dude that just came out of digital underground, the dude that was like trying to like also the son of a Black Panther. Uh, was trying to get his message across and was trying to make a difference with the words that he spoke. 
nobody did that at that time or nobody sounded like that at that time, especially if that fit into that whole, you know, West coast sort of like, uh, I don't know. And I'm and like, when I say this, I'm talking about the beats, like funkadelic type beats. Nobody, everybody was talking about gangster rap. Everybody was talking about what they had. Everybody's talking about money, whatever. When he started or when he was on the come up, he wasn't like that. And that's really the Tupac that drew me in. And I'll be honest with you. I love the thug life Tupac too. I mean, Tupac is like top five artists for me all time. Like he is a major influence on me, not only as a musician or artist, but just as a person. And I know a lot of people are like, well, he shot two undergrover cops and he fucking the sexual side. Okay, fine. Fine. None of which have been proven. So, you know, and this is really coming from a time where you had to be, you're innocent until proven guilty. Not now where you're guilty until proven innocent. But yeah, as an artist, dude, yeah. No, hands down. There's so, not even. So what about, what about him was influential for you? Like in, in your music? Because well, yeah. especially coming from a guy who lyrics don't matter. In, but you're talking about a guy who was talking about societal issues and things sure. like that. So of course lyrics mattered with what he was talking about. So what was influential to you about him in your music career? Well, the, but you got to understand what the lyrics, those lyrics, I heard those lyrics when I was 10 years old, 12 years old, 13 years old, 14 years old, you know, they had a huge impact on me. And then once I got older, I mean, he died. I remember where I was when I found out he died. I was in freshman in high school. Actually, it was the summer before I became a freshman. So I didn't get to experience him as a teenager necessarily, or as a young adult. I had all the music from when I was a child. So for me, it was just looking back and reflecting on what he was saying and how I took it in as a kid and how I took it in as a kid living where I live and having the friends I had and just the impressions that I had on my life. He just, he just made a huge dent, you know, but the same way that, you know, Kurt Cobain did and, you know, Eddie Vedder did and fucking Outkast did, you know, I mean, it's all the same to me. I don't, I don't like. To me, you're an artist, you're an artist. It doesn't matter what genre you come from. I just so happen not to be influenced by people from specific genres, mainly country. But everything else, <laughs> it's like, I don't care about genre. It's just, what are, you, what are you saying? What are you doing? You just have to catch me. And he just did, dude. He was, he was a rock star to me. He really was. I know like we've talked about and joked about and people have talked about like Machine Gun Kelly is really like bought into the whole, like I'm a rock star thing now with the music and his whole like image. And dude, the fucking shirt off with the pants sagging with the fucking jewelry on and the tattoo showing Tupac was doing that in 1990 fucking two. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Without Tupac, Machine Gun Kelly doesn't have a fucking table to sit on when it comes to that, dude. Do you, do you know the, um, the story about MGK, like him growing up and stuff. You sent me this video earlier about that they're looking at, I guess, making a documentary about MGK. No, it's made. It's oh, coming it's made out already? Soon. It is? Okay. Oh, so yeah. either, Coming out on Hulu. Anyways, for, for one, something I have no no reason to see because I have no, I don't have a desire to watch it. But, you know, just from like the the trailer that you sent me, it shows like him... Oh, I got a gun pulled on me here when I was this age. And uh, my first music video was in front of that 
uh, ADM store or something like that. And it, it just, I'm wondering if you know what his upbringing was like and is the documentary going to make it seem worse than it actually was or no? Uh, no. And I'll tell you why, but let me finish my thoughts on Tupac. Okay, good. I swear I'll tell you why. So my main thing about Tupac is, you know what? We'll come back to Tupac because I have a whole lot more to say. And it's gonna take up time. <laughs> let me answer your question. No, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to glitz and glam it up because his, he grew up in the, he came up in the YouTube era. So you've seen, everyone has seen if you, if you, if you paid attention or if you want to go research, you, you can know where he came from, you know? You don't, there's no guessing about it, right? Uh, you can watch videos of the first time he was on uh, Sucker Free Sundays on MTV, you know, which is a hip hop, like if you're a hip hop artist, if that happened to you, that's fucking insane. And it was him fucking rhyming uh, in Cleveland. Like, I don't remember exactly where he was. I, I want to say he was in front of the lake downtown somewhere, but you know, you spit in a freestyle or whatever. And, uh, it was on MTV. They used to have a thing where they give a guy, like a guy like two minutes and they would just do a freestyle, you know? And I remember there's, there was a video that they shot of that, like a live reaction video. Right. So you could see where he comes from. Like, there's no, I don't think they're going to, they're not going to make it. He has no reason to lie about that at this point, because it's, it's all been out there that, you know, if he did lie about it, people would be like, Hey bro, no. And I'm one of those, I'm one of those people. I mean, I met the dude in 2011 in Cleveland at the studio where he recorded a lot of his stuff at before he got signed to bad boy. I met his whole crew. I met, you know, like I know, but to be fair, I was a fan of him before I met him. We right. actually knew who he was. We were aware of the sucker free Sunday freestyle. We were aware of the, the YouTube videos he had put out when he fucking, he, uh, he did a verse over, or he did a couple of verses over that fucking Fort Minor song. That yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Uh -huh. So we we knew who he was, and we just we knew that we were going to a studio where he recorded. We under no circumstances thought we would meet him, and he just fucking showed up one day. And I'm saying we like me and one of the other guys who wasn't even in the band. By the way, he just came along, was like a a beer buddy, but like. <laughs> We, you know, we knew who he was and we were fans. And so, oh, no, man, I don't think they're going to lie. No, there's no reason to. Okay. I should. No, and, I... and you can, he's made, he's made his own, I'm using air quotes here, documentaries for specific things coming up through his career in Cleveland, where he started, where he came from. You know, you can see all this already. You could have seen all this already. So I would say for those of you who are like a new fan, and you go, oh, is this really what his life was like? Go fucking YouTube Machine Gun Kelly. Go back to the early days, and yeah, you'll find out a lot. He, he I don't, I don't know that he ever e completely exposed everything about himself, but he didn't hide a lot. His daughter has always been a big part of his career. He has a mixed daughter, uh, who, by the way, I'm sure is catching a ton of shit from some kids at school right now because I think she's in high school now about your dad's a fucking poser, your dad this. Can you imagine being the kid of that guy and now you're in fucking middle school, high school? Imagine the shit people are saying to you. Yeah. You know? I mean, maybe. Or maybe you're the coolest kid in school because your dad is MGK. I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. 
I, I hope you're right. Yeah. I really do. I hope you're right, but I doubt it. Um, I'm going to watch that documentary. I'm curious. I think it's funny that they made it now because of the whole, my rock music has blown up, but dude, again, my, see, my thought was, and you know, you said 2011, how long do you think he had been at it or, or be, I guess been a name before then? Like what, if you had to get, say a year before I met him? Yeah. Cause you said 2011 is when you met him. So, well, so like I, he was already in talks with bad boy. Then he was probably 19 years old. Uh, I don't know. A couple of years. Okay. A couple of years. Yeah. I mean, he, well, he I, guess, had, I guess, I guess for some reason, maybe it's just because he became a lot more of a name, a lot more recently than that. But my, my original thought was, has MGK really been around long enough to have a documentary made about him? But now, but now that I know that it's been say, a I mean, lot longer than that. I mean, I guess it doesn't. Yeah, I, mean, ma- I guess time in the you know in a genre or time in the, in, the, in the industry doesn't really matter. I guess when it comes to how long have you been in it before you actually make a documentary that people are going to want to see? I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter. It just t- that was the first th- the first thought that clicked in my head. Yeah, I mean, I would say that if Billie Eilish can have one, he can have one. Let's just be real. Let's be real fucking honest right now. Yeah, true. But uh, you know, I mean it's gonna it's gonna glorify all of the shit he's done and good for him. Good for I mean, dude, I mean you can't hate on the fucking the shine. You can't hate on the the success, you know? Yeah. I mean you can try, but at the end of the day it's like, well, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, dude, good for him. I don't know. I mean when I saw it, I was like, oh wow. Documentary, really? But dude, Juice World has a documentary. He's dead, granted. You know, XXX Tentacion has a documentary, and I still need to watch that. By the way, you know, both dead, but they were artists. I mean, they weren't even in the in the game for a couple years. That's it. So, I don't know. Yeah, MGK, I could see it, but dude, you gotta. Well, think about it this way: like, you're in one genre, you're successful in it. You you get into a beef with the biggest rapper, arguably of his generation. Right, everybody thinks your career is over. You get into it, or you forced one, like because he. Well, he didn't strike first, man. Eminem did it first, so. (laughs) Okay. I'm just saying, Eminem really did fucking. It was first. Yeah. You know, but you do that, people are like, "Oh, your career is over. You got murdered by Eminem," which really he didn't, by the way. But, and then you transform your career. You know, and it's like, well, people were like talking about how the rock thing was like an overnight success thing. And I'm like, have you not listened to any of his fucking records? Like he had rock songs on previous records that did really well. So it's not like he, this is new, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so back to Tupac. Yep. Happy birthday. He's the greatest ever. And I want to talk about something that is preposterous. Did you view the. Rolling Stones, top 200 rap albums of all time. So when you sent me that, I was thinking that 200 is a freaking lot. And no. It is. It is. No, I did not. Okay. Let me just say this. In no way on any universe, in any time, should Cardi B have a better record 
than Tupac. But not only Tupac, DMX and Nas. Her record is higher on the list. Top 200 hip-hop albums of all time is higher on the list than any record that Tupac put out, any record that Nas put out, or any record that DMX put out. Get the fuck out of here. So I'm kind of more interested... You're never going to convince me of that. I'm kind of more interested in the topic of... So when you sent me this, uh, you said that exact same thing to me. And I said, well, it is a Rolling Stone article. And you said that you're tired of that excuse. So my, I'm, I, I want to know what you mean by that. What you're tired? What of I mean the by excuse, that is stop it, putting out lists. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I mean yeah, I had that but, answer ready to go because I knew you were gonna. <laughs> it was cocked and loaded, ready. Yeah, I get it. I mean, but why? So you're you're just telling Rolling Stone to stop putting out lists, or you're telling you're saying people? Period. Yeah. No, Rolling Stone, because all they do is try to please people. That list is is a people pleaser, right? And that's, that's why. And, and that's my point is, Rolling Stone still tries to appeal to the new, the younger audience, right? The the newer audience, and that's why a Cardi B may be above. It's a very, forgive me for saying this, it's a very female driven list. I love Missy Elliott. I do, I really do, but she does not, does not have a better record than Tupac, Nas, or DMX. And she does on this list. I love Lauren Hill. Now, her record's number 10 on the list. And I think, all things considered, the miseducation of Lauren Hill should be high on any list of any record ever put out for any genre ever. Okay? Okay. Now, my only concern is this. You put it at number 10. You had Cardi B at number 20. And you know what? Let me pull up the list just so I'm not speaking out of turn here. Let me give you the, you want me to give you the top five real quick to give you some context? Do it. Okay. Oh, it's loading here. God, their website sucks. Donkey dicks quit with the ads. I don't care. So let me just give you all of the, in the top 20, how many female. And again, this isn't a bad thing. I'm not saying they shouldn't be, but let me give you in the top 20, how many females we have. So look him. Hardcore is number 19. Okay. I'll give you that. Cardi B, Invasion of Privacy from 2018 is number 16. So you mean to tell me that that is the 16th best record in hip-hop history? That's it. it, it. Number 15, Eric B and Rakim, Peyton Full. Should be higher on the list. Do we do we know what 14, do, do we know as far as the article goes? Do we know how like what 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 is making them rank them this way? Who fucking knows? I mean, because this isn't based off of like streams and downloads. No, no, no. And this stuff is just like that, you right? have, you know. Well, they they well they talk about relevance. They talk about all these things, and I'm glad you asked that because there's a record that I want to talk about that I think is so insanely two records that are too insanely low on the list um let me give you the top i said top five i'm sorry i was giving you hold on all right it's top five here we go number five kendrick lamar to pimp a butterfly all right fine I, again we're we're catering to the new school here with that is it in my top five not even close is it in a lot of people top five a lot of people's top five i really don't think so unless they're under the age of 30 Number four. So here they try to give us one back. Public enemy, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. 
Okay, fine. I'm a, I have nothing to say about that. Number three, Jay-Z, The Blueprint, of course, should be in most people's top fives. Not mine, but it should be. Number two, Outcast, Stankonia. Now, this is a great record, and I really do like it, but it is the third best Outcast record ever. And the other two that I think are ahead of it are didn't even crack the top 100, I don't think. Hmm. So that's my biggest problem with that. This is their most successful record, broke them, made them mainstream pop artists, but, but in no way is it their best record, in my opinion. When we're talking about hip-hop, number one, the Notorious B.I.G. Ready to Die. No, I don't have any problem with that. A lot of people would put that there. I'm not going not gonna to argue against it. Now, what I said was Cardi B is number 19. Again, ahead of Tupac, ahead of Nas, and ahead of DMX. And we could name many other people that she shouldn't be ahead of that she is, but it's insane. It's insane to me. Well, that's why I'm glad you asked about like, how did they create this list? Right. So one of the records that I want to talk about two of the records, but the first one would be, let's load up here. Bone Thugs and Harmony is one of my favorite groups of all time. East 1990, East 1999 Internal by them is one of my favorite records of all time. On this list, it was, which by the way, my number one record of all time would be Tupac Me Against the World. It's number 134. Just fucking insane. Um, <laughs> insane. Insane. So stupid. Where is, I'll find Bone here in a second. Once we get through all the ads, 127. So here's what they write. Cleveland group Bone Thugs and Harmony had rap's geographic affinities to contend with when they released their seminal record, East 1999 Eternal. The irony, of course, is that Bone Thugs' concerns were straight from the heartland. There are few regions as economically ravaged as the Cleveland area, and on songs like Mo Murda and Mr. Bill Collector, economic and social anxieties arrive with a melodic yet sorrowful sort of groove. Producer DJ Unique Soulful Keyboard Shines on Breakout Singles. Crossroads is proof. Stop loading. It pays to look beyond the coasts. So you say that and you're like, oh, they're from a special part of the country, like the Midwest. This must have been a really impactful record. Yet, we're not even going to crack the top 100 with it. So hang on. Is Is there a description on all on their reasoning for every album? Yeah, you want to hear Cardi B's? Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you asked. I love it. Two white guys talking about (laughs) hip-hop. I don't give a fuck. I grew up in hip-hop. I'll talk about it all day. (laughs) Uh, Does T.I. have an album on there? All right. What did I say? Yes, but it's way back there. And again, I would have put it so much higher than it is. I'll find it. Cardi B built a reputation as loving hip hop's most beloved regular, degular, smegular girl from the Bronx. By the way, Love and Hip Hop is a reality show. Right. But when it came time to release her debut album, Invasion of Privacy, she threw herself into the music with the menace rammed into someone's throat. While it was the bellicose spirit of the Grammy nominated, so many $10 words that don't matter, spirit of the Grammy nominated lead single, Bodak Yellow. That set Cardi on course for a historic making career. The greatest achievement of the LP is how it coalesces into a full, unflinching portrait with songs like Best Life and the Mega Mash I Like It. 
filling in the details of her rise from strip clubs to reality show fame to hip-hop royalty. So they didn't really say much there. They just used a lot of little neat words to describe an album that isn't that good. Hmm. Hip-hop royalty, did they really call her that? Yep. Yep. Wow. Hmm. Yep. I'm just, it, it's so batshit insane to me. I mean, she, she, her record is higher than UGK riding dirty. Like that record, if that record doesn't come out, we never have the no limit soldiers. We never have the fucking cash money millionaires. Like the fuck out of here. Like, what are we talking about? Importance, like influence, like, come on. So when I first looked at this list, I missed the fact that Kid Cudi, Man on the Moon, was on it. So, oh really? I missed it. That's cool. I and I was talking to one of my buddy, like my friend. Shout out to Will from the Den Three One Four podcast. Mm-hmm. I was talking to him about this. I go, "How the fuck are you going to have a fucking top two hundred hip hop albums list and not have Kid Cudi, but have Travis Scott and have Juice World?" Because without Kid Cudi, those two artists don't have the records that they have. Right. But then I went back and I was like, oh, shit, it's number 90. I'll take it. And it should be higher, in my opinion. So wait, the the, the one that Kid Cudi just put out was a second version of that, right? That wasn't the third first version. man. The third? Okay. Third version. But the one, but it's the first one is what's man on the, moon. On the list. Okay. Yep. It is, it is properly called Man of the Moon, The End of the Day. But okay. 2009, there's Man on the Moon 2, and then he just put out three, you know, a year and a half ago, whatever it was, a year ago. When, when, the, um, when the third one came out, I remember you had told me about it, and I started listening to it, and I really liked it. But I was trying to remember what you had told me about it. I guess, be, I guess you had seen a lot of people hating on it or hating on him or something. But you were saying that, I guess... Um, he was getting an ungodly amount of numbers on his own or something. What, what were you telling me about that? Do you remember? Oh yeah, no people. So there are a lot of people. So like there were people saying like, he's done, like he's irrelevant now. And like he sold, you know, 216,000 records in his first week or something when that dropped something, you know, he has a really good following. And to be honest with you, so does MGK. Like they have a loyal fan base. So when they put something out, they're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I just heard a lot of people saying like, oh, he's irrelevant. And he's, you know, whatever. And I'm like, man, first of all, he's not irrelevant because a, he's still selling these people look for. And, and also he, he puts out a record every fucking four years. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You know, he's not like every other artist that like, oh, it's been a year. Let me put out a record. No, there's, and his fans want him to put out more records. Yeah. He just doesn't. Um, but like, you know, he's inspired artists and Travis Scott, you know, that are so relevant today. It's like, well, you can't say he's done without him. Travis Scott doesn't have Astral World, for right. instance. Right. Not the festival, the record. Yeah. Let's be very clear. Um, but I don't know. The list sucks. It I'm not saying these suck. females shouldn't be on the list, but come on. <laughs> Cardi B. Like Meg Thee Stallion was like number 130 or something. Like, really? She is the 130th best hip hop record of all time. Right. And that, that's what's crazy to me is that it's of all time. And even if you're talking about 200, 
I don't even want to know what most of that list is. Just based off of what you've told me. I mean, well, for someone who listens to hip hop, it's the beginning of the list where you're like, oh, fuck yeah. You know, but then you're like, oh, and this is when you start getting pissed off. You're like, oh, well, that should be way higher. Let me see who's higher. And then you're like, oh, fuck, Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion and fucking Nicki Minaj. Did Drake have anything on there? Oh, yeah. He's like number 11. Really? So I, you, um, you sent me, what was that? Hang on. I got it. You sent me like two weeks ago. Uh, what was it? Let's see that Drake set a record for 155 million streams in the first day of his record releasing. So I don't know have we ever really talked about Drake? Like, are you a big fan of Drake? No, no. Okay. So no, I don't like Aubrey. What? Aubrey. His name is is Aubrey. Is it really? Yeah. Huh. I had no idea. Yeah. Well, I, that makes sense then, because I, I, I didn't know how to take it, because I asked you, did you actually listen to that record? And you texted me back and said, excuse me. <laughs> and I don't know, I didn't know if that meant, of course I did, or if that meant absolutely not. No. Okay. Yeah, I don't get Drake. I never have, never will. Not into it. Okay. I might be old. Who knows? I don't like it. There are plenty of new school cats that have come up way after Drake that I really love. I don't get, I don't get Drake. I don't get the obsession. I don't get the, one of the greatest MCs of all time talk. I have no idea. I think it has anything to do with who who he connects himself with too. On like why, like why his following is so big. I mean, he was a fucking Disney star or whatever. (laughs) Wasn't he? I don't know. (laughs) No, no, he was on a, he was on that fucking teen show, um, Degrassi. Oh, was he really? I had no yeah. idea. Yeah, Aubrey. His name's Aubrey. <laughs> Plus, he's Canadian. Get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? You're gonna can't Canada's gonna cancel us, man. Oh man, man, what a bummer. Um, but I will say this: <laughs> a huge part of who he is as an artist has to do with where he comes from because he's from Toronto. And, you know, Toronto has a really rich, like, Caribbean culture and, like, it's a very diverse city. So I think a lot of his influences come from that. So I can understand why he makes music that connects with people. It just doesn't with me. You know, I just, it's not for me. I I don't like, he's just never, it's never been for me. I've tried multiple times and I'll continue to try. When he puts out something new, I listen to a little bit and I'm like, yeah, I just don't, uh, I don't know. I'm a hater, sure. Forgive but, me if I'm sounding dumb here, but is there a lot of hip hop that comes out of Canada? There's a lot, yeah. There is? Like yeah. bigger names that I would know? How about Snow? I've definitely heard. Informa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would never have guessed that that came out of Canada, though. Canada, yeah. I would have thought like Jamaica or something. <laughs> and I've never known what the words were. You might need to leave on that, but you had one talk about. No one does. No, one, he doesn't know what the words are. <laughs> so, what about Don Vito? Um, 
I don't remember how we got on that topic originally. You sent me a video. I seen a guy in there and I was like, hey, yeah, that, that guy looks that like thing. he could be Don Vito's son. And you're like, did you? Did I ever tell you the Don Vito story? And I was instantly like, of course, there's a freaking Don Vito story. Yeah, so there is a Don Vito story. So, I don't know, 2006, 2007, maybe it, maybe it was 2005. I don't know, but uh, was this was it, it, this at the height of Viva La Bam? No, no, I don't think so. I think it was like maybe at the start of it. Okay. To be honest with you, because I remember after this happened, Don Vito and Ryan Dunn did a tour together. Doing what? Just going to places and being Don Vito and Ryan Dunn. <laughs> okay. But um. Being famous guys from MTV. But um, so we get a call from a promoter and he's like, yeah, I'm putting this show together. I want to do a show. I want to make it, you know, a couple of bands and I want Don Vito to host it. And we're like, yeah, we're in. Okay, enough said. So we booked the show. It was at the, the Creepy Crawl. Um, sold out show. Packed. I mean, sold out. And in fact, I want to say it sold out before the actual day of like, I think like people like advanced tickets even sold. Now, so, now question, yep, did yep, this yep. sell out because of the bands that were playing or did this sell out? Because Absolutely. 100% Don... no. <laughs> because Don Vito was there. Because all of these bands had played together before <laughs> at the same venue and they didn't sell it out. So, let's just be very clear. Okay. So, <laughs> um, night of we, we show up, so I was having relations with a girl who was best friends with, with the girl who was the girlfriend of the promoter. Okay. Okay. So she and the girl show up early. And when I get there, no, we're a band. We have gear to load in. Like they're already there and they're already shit faced. They're like, yeah, we've been drinking with Don Beto and, his entourage for like the last two hours. And we're like, immediately I'm like in a bad mood because then I'm like, fuck me. Like I, I, I want to party, but I still have to play a show. I eventually got over that because I got hammered. But like, <laughs> um, she's like, do you want to come back and meet Don? I'm like, oh, you're on a, you're on a first name basis with him now. That's cool. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd love to meet him. What's she going to do? Actually, call him Mr. Vito. <laughs> I don't know. It was just weird. It was just awkward. So um, I go back. She's, you know, like pulling me by the hand and I meet his tour manager, his bodyguard, who, by the way, when she was like, yeah, this is his tour manager. I don't know what his guy's name. We'll just call him Vince. I was like, hey, man, nice to meet you. I'm, you know, Patrick. I'm playing tonight. He's like, oh, cool. Nice to meet you. And this is his bodyguard. We'll call him bro. Hey, bro. Nice to meet you. I was expecting the bodyguard to be a dick, but he was like the nicest guy of everybody. He was the coolest dude, by the <laughs> way, not a bodyguard. Come to find out, not a bodyguard. Just introduced himself that way to the girls. I'll get back to that in a second. So he was just a guy. And I remember being like, that guy's not that big to be a bodyguard. Like he's my size. But anyway, <laughs> nice guy though, to me anyway. And then I meet Don Vito and he goes, Oh, hey man, you're, you know, you're with, am I going to say her name? 
rah, rah. and I'm like, yeah, 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 we're friends, whatever. He goes, very nice meeting you, shaking my hand. He's like looking me in the eyes when he's talking to me, and he's like, very, a very nice guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that that was my interaction with him. And then he came on stage. He introduced us. We come on stage. He high fives me. He leaves the stage. He goes back to the green room the backstage area of creepy crawl, which is just a shitty room <laughs> with shit on the floor. It's drinking again. And so the night's over the show. Go- the show goes well. And like I said, it was sold out and he goes on stage after in between us and the headlining band. Yeah. We were the co-headliner. Do you remember who played that, who all played that night? The only other band I remember is Westcott. Okay. Uh, and that was Matt Amalone's. Right. Band. Yep. I don't remember who else played. Okay. I could find out. I could definitely find out, but I don't remember who else played. But, um, and I, I want to say that Westcott was the headliner. I want to say that. So, um, in between us and Westcott, he goes up on stage. He does like, I don't know, 10 shots in a row of like hot damn or some bullshit liquor. He's just getting shit faced. And of course, the girl who I'm supposed to have sex with later is partying with him. I'm like, God, I'm just so turned off by all of this. I'm like, this is just gross. She's a nice girl. She was just, she was having a good time. You know, she's not, she wasn't like, it, it was a lifestyle that was, you know, it wasn't her thing. So she was having a good time. She was new to the lifestyle. How about that? Okay. So, like, uh, the night's over, the show's over. And Don Vito and his crew want to go out. Well, you're in St. Louis. It's 1 a.m. Where do you go? Where would you go? It's 1 a.m. in St. Louis. Where are you going? I'm assuming you're going to the strip club. Yep. You're going to Sage. Yep. So he hires my drummer of the band I'm in to be his bodyguard, to be his security. Gave him X amount of dollars for the night to be a security. And oh, by the way, it was a tasty amount of money. Okay. Okay. So my drummer goes, well, of course. The drummer of the band I was in was a, he's a big guy. He's a big muscular guy. So he goes, of course, I'll do it. Let's do it. They go to a strip club. They're at Hustler, which is not Sajay. They've, 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 progressed from Sage to Hustler and Vito gets a little handsy with one of the strippers and then he does the whole I'm going to put you in a chill cold thing that he used to do on Viva La Bam and all the shows the stripper doesn't really think it's funny and all hell breaks loose here's what I know those strippers made a lot of money that night not to call the police (laughs) That's what I know. I don't know how much I might, but. So do you think, you think it was because he was so drunk or do you think it's because he thought I'm Don Vito? Uh, he was hammered. Okay. He's hammered. He didn't know what he was doing. I'm just wondering well, if a guy like Don Vito he, ever has the ego doing. of like, I'm freaking no, Don Vito. That. Like so many people would know, like people know who I am. No, no, no. It wasn't that. It wasn't like a do you know who I am thing. It was like I'm I've been drinking all day. Okay. It's four AM. Okay. I don't like he was blackout drunk. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I wasn't he, there. So but he, here's from my, what I was told. Here's my other question. 
who says, I want to put on a rock and roll show and I want Don Vito. I can't tell you. <laughs> to be the host of it. And how does that even happen? Like, how do you get Don? Like, was he specifically in St. Louis just to host that? Or was he already yeah. in St. Louis for a different reason? No, no. no. He was booked. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Let's just say this. I mean, I guess it worked. We, I mean, you, you sold it out. Well, look, let's just say this. This promoter is on a lot of bands' shit lists, but I learned a valuable lesson that night about promoting and about how profitable being a middleman could be. And for a while after that, after that band was finished and I wasn't on the road and I was just needing something to do, I was booking shows at another venue as the promoter and I was making a really good chunk of change to do so. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And I learned from that guy who a lot of people think is a scumbag. Is there a, I mean, is there a lot of work that has to be done with that? Do you have a computer? Can you, no, back then MySpace was becoming a thing. Can you promote? Can you post? Can you go flyer? You know, I mean, I booked at a place called two cents plane, which was downtown. Man, I I I miss that venue a lot. Had a lot of really fond memories there. From booking shows and playing a couple of shows there, like the first show I ever played as a bass player was there. And but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I took it seriously. Like I wasn't trying to fuck over the bands. I said, you get this amount of ticket, sell tickets, and a lot of bands did. You know, here's so, a funny story. Well, so, so, but before you tell me, I just I'm curious. So. How did it exactly work? Like, were you reaching out to like bands yeah, outside out of the, the area? Like, I, I have a show. I have right, a show okay. date this day at this venue. Gotcha. Want to play? Okay. I have this band booked. I have this band booked. And if they were the first band I booked, I'd be like, I'll give you this amount per ticket. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That's pretty cool. Just all fucking, it's sales. That's what it is, you know? Yeah. Um, but a funny story. The first show I ever booked at this place, which by the way, was a sellout. So it was probably like 100 and I think the cap in this place was like 150, maybe. So um, like to, for me to compare that, like the Firebird, how, what was the cap on Firebird? 300, maybe. So it was half the size of Firebird? It was a shotgun style bar like Creepy Crawl was. So it wasn't okay. like this. It was like this. Okay. So you walk into the door, the stage is directly to your right and it's raised. And then you just have a shotgun style bar and room to fill. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Um, it might've been more than 150, but I, you know, I do this. It's been so long, but um, so the very first show that I booked there, I booked a band called Adelaide. Very good band for the time. Um, and they were the headliner. They sold all of their tickets, kids. They were in at the time they were in high school. I think, or just out of high school, brought a shit ton of friends to that place. I, of course, brought all the drinking people because I think all the bands I booked were <laughs> not of drinking age. But so I wanted to get the bartenders paid, but um, filled the place. And so fast forward to the last time I'm out in LA recording for Monsters, a sound engineer comes to work with the producer I'm working with, and it's the fucking drummer of Adelaide. He had been living in LA for the last fucking seven years working as a sound engineer. That's pretty cool. Crazy. 
Yeah. Crazy. And he, the first thing he says to me when he walks in the room, he doesn't recognize me. Uh, and I don't recognize him for sure, but he walks in the room. He's like, yeah, St. Louis, dude. Like, what are you thinking about moving out here? And I'm like, well, let's slow down. Like, <laughs> I don't think so. Just recording. And he goes, oh yeah, I, uh, I grew up in Brentwood and I was in the band Adelaide. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, I was, I was the drummer. And I was like, dude. And I just start piecing together the timeline. He's like, oh my God, now I remember you. Pretty crazy. Hmm. Pretty crazy. So yeah, Don Vito choked a bitch. <laughs> and pay and paid a lot of money Apparently, to get away with it. I wasn't there. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. Huh. Oh, since we're on the subject, can we just say what's up with Bam? He's missing. As far as I know, the article that I read said that he escaped rehab. I don't know how that works. Well, you don't you don't escape rehab, you just leave. Right. No you, rehab holds you prisoner. Unless it's court mandated, you can you can you just leave, right? Even if it's court mandated, you can fucking leave. But I didn't know he was actually in did he check himself into actual rehab? Because wasn't he doing that yes. whole thing with like uh Brandon Novak's house? Because doesn't Brandon Novak have like a uh it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of like a sober house on his own. I don't know, dude. I'm pretty it's, sure when he, cl- I'm pretty sure when he cleaned himself up, he uh, made this house where people, it's basically like a rehab. Yeah. I don't know. It's a bummer either way. Anyway, really as far hope- as far as I know, nobody knows where he is. And I, and the, the worst thing that I seen was everybody knows how this ends. Like that's how, that's what a comment that somebody made. And I was like, man, I really don't yeah. like that. Well, the, the picture that I sent to you that she was like, joke what it what was it like jokes on you or something like that i'm not sure what is this bitch talking about stop talking shit yeah like the dude's clearly in trouble like why are you people suck dude he you know of all the things that i've seen about him and i know we've talked about him recently on the show of all the things that i've seen about him he is one of those dudes where and it's actually a little bit scary because, you know, as someone who likes to drink, and I, I, I do genuinely enjoy the, the, the initial buzz that I get from drinking. Like, I don't, like, I still get that, like, first two drinks buzz where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what I wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like he doesn't know how to let that go ever. Yeah. He's con- like like a heroin addict chasing their first high like he's constantly wanting to feel like that like if you day drink for instance when you day drink you have your first two beers or your first two drinks or whatever and you're like whoa my day's gonna get fucking bright here in a minute like yeah i gotta you know you know what i mean you you like reassess you're like oh shit i'm like it's noon and i'm like okay i feel good like i feel like he's chasing that always but he's never going to get it back never yeah and and, i mean you know and over the years or you know between jackass and viva la bam and just he got paid to party you know yeah and and, you know it's not just the booze you know i'm sure i mean i don't know i don't know what he's been yeah i don't know what he's been doing lately i mean i'm hoping he's been 
being able to be sober lately. And I'm hoping that if he did leave rehab, that he's not out there just doing anything and everything that he can get a hold of. I'm hoping that's not the case, but you know, it's kind of like chasing the dragon with everything. Yeah. And it, and it sucks. And you know, I've, I felt really bad on the videos that I've seen recently, even the ones where he looks kind of good, like where he's skateboarding and stuff like that. But just when he's talking and stuff, man, I'm like, dude, like you're, uh, he just looks depressed and he look, you know, it's just, I don't know. He's man. depressed because he's not drinking. Yeah. He doesn't know how to, he doesn't know how to live without that buzz or be chasing that buzz. And there are a lot of people who, you know, they get by living a normal life, having that buzz or getting that buzz, you know, mm-hmm. like I think with him, it's, it's run its course. Like he, he's never going to get that buzz again. And I, you and know? you know, and he may be, I guess what some people would be considered a lost cause. And I hope he's not, I'm hoping he can find the treatment that he needs and stuff like that. But I wonder, um, like how, where his mom and dad's at, like, where's April and Phil? Like, aren't they, I wonder how close they actually are with him or if he is, you know, pretty much just set his path away from them and doesn't really talk to him anymore or what? I, I don't know. Cause well, I know he had that shitty, uh, Dr. Phil interview where he was like, yeah, I disowned my mom. And I'm like, Oh really? I didn't know about that. Yeah. But that was years ago, dude. Like, like, yeah. like that's the thing. Like this, this is just a never ending fucking piece of shit situation. And um, I know, and I know, I think when we talked about this last time and I, I think I had mentioned that it seemed like he took a downward, you know, went into a downward spiral after done died. And I think you had kind of went, you kind of disagreed with me on that. Like, cause you said the paid to party thing, like for years he was paid to do this stuff. Like it wasn't just because of Ryan passing away that he kind of, you know, went down this road. Um, but it still makes me curious on if Dunn was still here, would Dunn be as in, as in bad of shape as what Bam is or would they, so. or do you think both of them would be better? Um, or do you think that know. Bam would still be where he is and Dunn would be, would have a little bit better life? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know them enough to like, guess but here when i say that the done thing didn't matter it definitely mattered but i think he was he was already down yeah the wrong path yeah like when you when your whole life revolves around drinking and then you go what am i supposed to do other than drink like what what else i don't have anything else to do the thing he had before was skating well he got old he got out of shape couldn't do that anymore. Well, now I'm the party guy. So let me just party. Right. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not the reality TV guy. So let me just party. Right. Mm-hmm. It's fucking, it's, it's, dude, it's, it's, I know a lot of people hate on that dude. They think he's a douchebag. That's fine. But it, it's a sad story, dude. Pumps me out. You would just think, though, as many people as have, that have been around him in his life, that he would have some no guys around him. You know, that, well, he needs to, to surround himself with those people. I think for the longest time, he wasn't, he was, he was the one paying for the bill. Right. He was paying for the party. Right. And he was surrounded by people that took advantage of that, you know? Right. And like you said, if Dunn were still alive, would he be that guy? I think Dunn would have been the guy like, hey man, let's just not pay for the party anymore. Right. You well, know? I mean, like it's, it's like, over. it's like the whole, you know, the, the new 
Jackass that came out. Um, you know, that whole story about how Bam was part of that, and then they ended up cutting Bam's stuff out of it because he was um, basically contracted, contractually obligated to do like all these piss tests and everything else all the time. Yeah. And he, you know, it, the way I look at it is they were actually look, I mean, yeah, of course they were looking out for the Jackass franchise and they were looking out for making sure that this movie gets done. I get that too. But on the other hand, I think uh, Johnny Knoxville and those guys are actually genuine, genuinely good dudes. And I think they're actually trying to, set him on the right path in this. And he was just looking at it as you guys are just trying to screw with my life. Yeah. And I mean, that's what most alcoholics addicts would say, Mm -hmm. you know, sucks, man. I don't, I I don't know. Um, like (laughs) I said, like as someone who enjoy, who still enjoys drinking and believe me, I've had my moments where, I've, I've drank to lunacy and I've partied too hard. Like I understand the need and the want to just like feel good and get that, that feeling back. And then after you have it, and that's the real thing. Like after you have it, can you chill out or can you not chill out? Like after you have it, does it become 12 days straight of that feeling? Or can you turn it off for a few days and regroup and be a real, like a normal person? I think that, know, I think that a lot of that I don't ha- know that he's ever known how to do that. I think a lot of that has to do with the liquor type too, right? I don't know. Well, I mean, there's a I big mean, difference. Maybe there's a big difference in day drinking three days in a row where you're just drinking beer versus three days in a row where you've taken whiskey shots and tequila shots and Jesus. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that's rough. Well, hopefully he's okay. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully we hear some good news, man. That's terrible. Yeah, we've ended this podcast on a bad note. Man, it's yeah, we kind of went down a bummer road, didn't we? Well, hopefully we get some good news. We can talk about it on the next one. Absolutely, hope so. Um, let me just say this: uh, in six minutes, NBA Finals Game Six starts. Oh, Go Celtics! Snap, please, yes. I'm Go Celtics! Tate, Tatum's had a and little again, bit of. If a, you're from St. Louis and you root for the Warriors, you're a shithead. <laughs> Tatum's had a little bit of a rough go here over the past couple of games, so I'm ready for turnovers, him to... turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Yep. Stop turning the ball over, and you will win. <laughs> you should be a coach. I want to. I used to coach kids in basketball. <laughs> for real, <laughs> I did. We were a good team. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>